Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And this is Deb Wolf. I'm doing a show with no guests today, once again. At popular request, I keep getting emails saying, why don't you do those shows where you just talk about why animals do what they do? So I will. Yesterday, I saw a coyote. I saw a coyote while I was driving in a traffic jam, bumper to bumper cars along a country road, but still lots of traffic right outside of high school, tons of busy intersection. And it was a giant blackberry bush with a little coyote face poking out of it. And I could just tell it was a female with cubs in there. Definitely had her pups in there. Definitely. This time of year, I want you all to be really mindful because coyotes are teaching their babies to hunt. And that means cats and that means small dogs. And we have to be careful. Killing coyotes does not work. They've proven that over and over and over and over. We just have to be smarter with our pets and our trash and just be on the lookout because they are very cunning. And many of them have started to mate with dogs and wolves. So there's two new predators on the loose. There's koi dogs and koi wolves. And boy, if the coyote didn't, (laughs) coyotes, the one good thing about them was they were so small. But now they're getting some boosts from uh, other species, related canines. They're getting a little bit of extra strength and size and girth. And oh boy, we're going to have super coyotes if we're not careful. So it's really about watching those fruit trees and the garbage, cleaning your yard. You know, around here, they always say, a fed bear is a dead bear, which is very true. But in the case of coyotes, a fed coyote is a dead house pet. That's what happens. You leave stuff around, they come around, they get used to that being part of their territory. And one day they're marching their territory and, you know, your cat mittens happens to be out, mittens becomes lunch. So keep them away, keep them away. Another thing about coyotes that sometimes people don't realize is they have, or they can have, Many, many things that are really dangerous to your dog, like heartworm, for example. Many things, rabies, I mean, many. So, you know, you might think your dog's big and tough and you don't care that he goes and chases the coyotes. Well, think again. He might come back with a deadly disease. So plus, okay, now here's another thing about coyotes. They are most likely smarter than your dog, most likely, especially at tactical warfare. So your dog will innocently chase one and be ambushed by a pack, or your dog will follow one that looks lame. That dog's faking it. That coyote isn't lame and get ambushed by the pack. Or your dog will respond to one that's in heat. She may very well be in heat, but they're waiting to jump him when he goes for her. So be really, really careful around coyotes. If you see one, there's probably 10 or at least 10 within a short distance, one yip and they're there. So your dog really isn't a match for them. Keep them on leash, keep them away, stay away from coyote areas. Don't draw them to your house. Be really, really careful. And I think I would probably say the same about raccoons. My goodness, they can be vicious. I know in Florida and parts of the States, they're very small raccoons, but up here in Canada, they are not small, especially the mama raccoons. They're enormous. They're 10 times the size of a cat. They're like a blue healer dog. They're big, big animals with vicious talons and teeth and extreme memory and cunning. And they can climb. They can really get places your dog or cat 
can't. They can get anywhere your cat can and they can get and, and other places. So be very, very careful with the raccoons. I love them and I think they're adorable, but boy, are they a menace. Just be very, very careful. No garbage for them to find. They say dogs have approximately 1,700 taste buds, and yet they enjoy garbage. Figure that one out. Well, everybody enjoys garbage for some reason. The smell, the smell, it draws bears and rats and cats and all kinds of animals that you don't want in your garbage. So be very, very vigilant with your garbage. That's probably the most important thing if you don't want predators around your house. Okay, so we're going to take a little turn here. And um, I find it interesting that what they say when you encounter wildlife. So if you encounter a cougar while hiking, you're supposed to stay calm and never run. Make yourself look as large as possible and back away slowly keeping your eye on the cougar the whole time and always allow the cougar a safe exit. So you must make sure he can get away. If you have children or small pets, pick them up. Do not have them on their own. And what is considered a small child to a cougar? Sadly, it's anything he can carry. So you got a skinny little eight-year-old, grab that kid. Have that kid standing right with you, your arms around her. Pick her up if you have to. Just do not let that cat take that kid. Make sure the cat knows that kid's with you, part of you, attached to you, because they do grab kids. So, okay. And call the authorities if you've got one around kids or around people. They will come and handle it. Now, the advice for a bear is fairly similar. Make yourself loud. Don't run away. Keep your kids with you. And uh, a lot of times dogs will chase bears and dogs will chase cougars. And the danger there is that they'll chase the cougar and then run back to you and have the cougar or the bear follow. That doesn't usually happen. Usually the dog holds its ground, especially big dogs. And usually the cougar or bear gets out of there because cougars and bears have a lot of experience with canines not being alone. They don't think your little chihuahua or your Yorkie or your doodle or your German shepherd is by himself. They think once he starts barking, there's going to be a wolf pack, a coyote pack, and they hightail it out of there. So that's a big advantage. Train your dog to come when called. Train your dog to bark on command. Train your dog to stay and bark. All those are good things if you live in an area where you have these kind of predators and you want your dog to be responding to you. Okay, so we're going to take a little break and come back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio and talk more about dogs and cats. Stay tuned, I'm Deb Wolf, and this is Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Pet Life Radio, Animal Party. I want to just put out a special shout out to people living in Nanaimo. If you were there on March 4th in Lanceville, 
and you saw a collision, you saw a car collide with a person walking dogs, can you please call the police and report what you saw? Because they are still looking. It was a black SUV. There was damage to the front driver's side. A person was walking, a woman, and she's injured, but her two dogs were injured also. And uh, a man who, was, who witnessed it yelled to the driver, help, help, you've got to help. He ran over them. He ran, this driver ran over a woman and her two dogs and left. So if anybody was there in Lanceville near Nanaimo, March 4th, and saw this black SUV hit the woman and the two dogs, please call the police and report what you saw. That's just so offensive. So back to Animal Party and Pet Life Radio. We've got hot, hot weather here in Canada right now, and I'm not complaining. It's going to be 38 degrees, which is, I don't know, 90-something out here and hot and sunny and beautiful. But that means hot pavement, hot paws. If you're walking your dog someplace where it's hot, take your hand and feel the pavement first. If it's too hot for your hand, it's too hot for his feet. You may have to choose a different route. If you're walking on grass, grass should be soft, right? In Canada, it is. But in Florida, it's like knives sometimes. Depends where you are. So feel the grass. If running your hand along it would cut your hand, your dog can't walk on that grass. You got to think about where you are. If it's gravel, if it's glass, if it's cigarette butts, what is your dog walking through? I love fireworks. Everybody loves fireworks. Dogs don't love fireworks. Even if your dog seems to be okay with it, He's not a big fan. Trust me on this one. And he certainly doesn't love stepping on the broken glass and cigarette butts and all the garbage and being tempted by all the garbage and getting stepped on by the crowds. So we're having some great firework displays here in Vancouver this summer. Beautiful, beautiful. Leave your dog at home. Give him a break. <laughs> Let him have a dark, quiet room or put on some talk radio and leave him there to be while you go to the fireworks and enjoy the uh, body slamming crowds. And, you know, I mean, he's barefoot. And he's little and he's getting stepped on. He may even get stepped on on the shoulder or the back or it's just not the right place for him. So please don't take your dogs to fireworks. Do me a favor. Do them a favor. Leave them at home. They'll be so much happier. There's better outings for your pet. And when we're talking about this kind of heat, especially with dogs, they love us so much. They won't say no. You pull out the leash, you say, want to go for a walk? And they say, Yes. They don't say, you know what, it's it's uh, noon and we're in a heat wave and I'd rather go tonight. Can we wait till later? They don't even think that there might be a later. They think now's it. If I don't go now, I may not get walked. I better go. I better go. I better go. That's how your dog thinks. So you got to think for him. If it's boiling hot in a heat wave, yeah, take him out for a short pee at noon. But save your big walk till the evening, till nighttime, to when it cools down, to when the sun isn't blazing and the pavement isn't on fire. And you can have a lovely walk. This is really true for older dogs. You may have a dog who's six or five and you think he's not old. He's going to live till 15. He's not old at all, but he is old for running in heat. Okay. So the thing I'm worried about most with dogs running in heat is strokes. Dogs have strokes and it's much more likely to happen with a dog who's five years old or over, especially eight or over, on a hot day when they're exercising. So you may be a runner and your dog may be a runner and you guys may love running together. It may be your thing, but it's best to do it in the morning or the evening or skip the hottest days. Just don't. I mean, I've had so many people tell me over the years, you know, we took her out for a usual run and she just collapsed and we had no idea. And yeah, the heat really makes a difference for dogs. 
in the wild, they would never choose to go out during a heat wave at noon and sunbathe. That's not their thing. They would choose the forest and the woods and the shade, and they would go out in the evening. So, so please be kind to your animals. Don't take them on their workouts in the heat of the day because out of loyalty, they will go and they will even keep up with you and it may hurt them. When you're running or walking with your dog, posture is very important. Now, this is when, you know, just on a normal day when it's not brutally hot. If you see your dog, just look at his posture when he's perky and happy at the start of the walk. Probably his tail is up. Probably his ears are up. Probably has a little bit of a jaunty sort of trot going on. Okay. And then about halfway through the walk, three quarters through, as he gets more tired, the tail will droop. The ears will droop. The walk will become less bouncy right? And eventually, if he's exhausted, if you overdo it, the tail will be tucked under, the body will be slumped, he'll be slowing down, he'll be panting. Okay, so we never want to get to there. We want to be watching and keep him in that tail up, ears up, jaunty, bouncing way. Anything other than that, he needs a rest, he needs shade, he needs water, he needs to end the walk. If you've got a dog that's getting older, it's probably a good idea to do a shorter walk twice. So instead of going 10 blocks, do five blocks. And if he's up for it, repeat it or go around the block so that you could stop at home if he's tired. But if he's not tired, do another round, right? That's how you make it so that your dog is exercised properly and not too much as he ages or as it gets hot. All right. So we're going to go for one more break. Stay tuned. I'll be back to talk more about cats and dogs on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! We're back on Animal Party. Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. Well, cats too. Cats suffer from the heat as well. And smoke. If you're in an area where there's forest fires, you got to be really mindful of the smoke. So good air filters, close your windows if there's a lot of fire smoke. I find that yams are very good food for dogs and cats if your cat will eat it. Cooked yams, boiled yams, microwaved yams, any kind of stewed yam. It helps a lot with purging the body of toxins like smoke. So if you can add yams to your dog or cat's food, that's a great idea anytime, but especially if you're in a fire area. And if you are in a fire area, you want to definitely have your plans ready. You have your crates and kennels so that if your animals need to be evacuated, it's easy. 
have them trained to go in there, have their vet information handy so you can grab it or have it take pictures of it on your cell phone so you always have it with you, your rabies, your vaccines, all that stuff. Have food and meds ready to go, have water ready to go. So no matter what happens, you're ready, your pets are ready in case there's some kind of emergency. Because normally when it happens, you're not ready. The places are overcrowded. They don't have enough crates or kennels. They can't take unvaccinated dogs. If you don't have proof, they can't take you or cats. So you really need to have your stuff together for this. And it's always helpful if your dog or cat is a good listener, will behave in a crate or kennel, is used to it already. So even if you don't believe in crates or kennels or you don't like them, it's a good idea to have one and give special treats in there, toys in there, make it fun. So your cat or dog likes to hang out in there. So if ever they need to, maybe they have a surgery or something, they're at the vet. They're not panicked by the kennel itself. They feel at home in there. That is so helpful when they're being rescued and moved and there's, you know, stations, first aid stations and portable housing and all that. So much easier for your dog or cat if they can trust people and like a kennel. So if you've got a dog or cat that doesn't like people, it's time to get over that because they're not going to get rescued when the time comes. So slowly, slowly invite someone over who loves dogs or cats and begin at a distance If it's a dog, you may need a muzzle, which is okay. That just takes the danger out of it. Now everybody's relaxed, even the dog, because the dog doesn't have to sit there deciding, do I bite? Do I not bite? Do I bite? Do I not bite? That decision's taken from him. So he's muzzled and then he's forced gently to experience that he didn't need his weapon, that everybody's good and everything is safe. And if you're there, it's safe. So you muzzle him. And you get the stranger to just come for a visit, have tea or coffee and leave again. And then the next time you muzzle him and he's maybe leashed so he's not running around intimidating, he's being good, he's sitting, he's healing, he's listening to you. The next time, maybe the person stays a little longer. And then the next time the person, maybe you go for a walk with them. And eventually maybe they hold the leash. And eventually maybe they stroke the dog while you're holding his head and he's muzzled. And eventually he makes a new friend, right? If ever there's any sign of trouble, the muzzle goes back on and you repeat the steps. Now, with a cat who doesn't like people, it's a little more tricky, but I kind of went through it at the beginning of the show, talking about how you get a cat to like people that it doesn't like <laughs> or, or that it doesn't know. But if your cat is truly shy and the kind that hides under the bed every time the pet sitter comes, then you need to get the cat out of there. Get a harness and leash on it. And... When this person comes, do just like what I said with the dog, slowly, slowly. The cat's just going to be in the room in your lap while the person visits instead of under the bed. And then the next visit, it's a little longer. And the next visit, they're sitting a little closer. And the next visit, maybe you're both on the same sofa and the cat's in your lap. You don't push too far. You don't push too much. You let the cat show you when it's ready. And when, when you do make that step of the person touching the cat, it's just a quick stroke on the head. That's it. And then they stop. And then they do it again 10 minutes later. Now, just a quick stroke on the head. Do that until the cat's totally comfortable and doesn't mind that person stroking its head. You're a long ways from that person picking it up or carrying it. But you're so much further along if your cat will allow this person to touch it than you were before. So you're making progress. And eventually, the cat will like this person, especially if this person feeds it and brings maybe some special treats or a cat toy. When the cat's in a playful mood and playing with you, you can hand the cat toy to this person, that kind of thing. But you definitely want your animals to be willing to deal with people besides just you. That'll do them so much good when they have to be touched or held in an emergency. You know, really, really, really important. Cats have become so involved in human life now 
that in 2013, the Internet Cat Video Festival in the Minnesota State Fair had 11,000 people attending. 11,000 people attended to watch a screen of videos of cats. That's amazing to me because they could just use their phone, but they wanted to be together, to laugh together. And I once went to one of these and it was great. It was a big giant screen and so much cat. It was just the best cat clips ever and everybody laughing and enjoying it together. And yeah, that's what it's all about, pet people. I was talking about old dogs and how, you know, if your dog is five or even eight, you might not consider him old. But as far as stroke and heat, he is already old, but he's probably going to live a lot longer. If he's a big dog, he might live till 11 or 12. If he's a small dog, he might live till 15. And if he's a blue healer for some reason, they are the world record holder. The oldest dog on record was an Australian cattle dog, also called a blue healer named Bluey, who lived to 29 years and five months. He outlived, I remember this story, he outlasted, like the lady got him, then got married, then had kids. Her kids grew up, moved out, went to college. The dog was still around. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing uh, that the dog lasted 29 years. And um, I only hope my blue healer will last as long. But my blue healer was a rescue blue healer. He had three owners before me and they weren't very good, some of them. So that can take a toll. So at 11, 12, he's starting to look a little elderly. His eyes aren't that great. His ears aren't that great. Sometimes he forgets how to do stairs. Sometimes he remembers. So I'm not thinking he's going to make it till 29. But if you treat your dog right, if you give him good food and good preventative health care and lots of exercise and attention, same for cats. I mean, cats are not furniture. They're not art pieces. They want to be played with. They want to be loved. They want to be touched. They want to be greeted. So if you give your cats and your dogs a life worth living, a life full of adventure and entertainment and fun and cuddles and affection, meals they can count on, care that they need, they will live a long time and give you so much love in return. So they say that um, cats can hear sounds as high as 64 kilohertz. We only hear sounds 20, 20 kilohertz. So I got to say, I mean, cats, their hearing and their sight is at least as good as dogs. Their night vision is better than dogs. There's no reason they can't come when called. So start expecting your cat to come when called. When you give it something like food or treats or a greeting, say its name first, just like you would a dog. I find people underestimate cats. If you say its name, Bobby, and then you make your noise, whatever your noise is, or whatever it is that makes the cat come, say his name every time you want him and every time you want to give him something nice. And he'll learn his name in a couple of days. Cats are so smart at tricks. They actually learn tricks when I teach them obedience tricks for, for commercials and TV work. They actually learn tricks quicker than dogs. The problem is they don't like to pay attention as long. They get bored quicker. So just instead of doing like a training session where you're teaching a trick, just teach it as it goes. So teach come when you want your cat. Teach whatever it is, jump up on this or jump up on that or go to this when you need that, that thing and use a reward. So you can use a stick, like a pointer stick like I do when I'm training cats for TV and touch the thing. And then so you touch the chair you want the cat to jump on with the pointer stick. And then you take the treat that you want and you put it exactly where that stick was. And the cat jumps to get the treat and you tell him, good cat. And you keep doing that. And eventually your cat will go wherever you put the pointer stick or wherever you touch your fingers to. That cat will come to you when you call it. That cat may even shake paw. Yeah, really, they will. They will shake paw. My cats shake paw. So they'll high five too. Cats can do almost anything a dog can do, if not everything. They just need to want to. 
So keep that in mind when you're working with your cats. Just stop thinking that you need not expect anything. Expect them to want to do stuff. That's really the big trick. People just think they're not capable and they are. So start with the name. I bet if you start today, your cat will know its name within two days and come to when you say its name, your cat will come. Now you're ready for sit. So call your cat. He comes, you give him this little treat, this little temptation treat. And then you say sit and you just gently put him in the sit position. Give him a little cuddle, a little finger cuddle on his, on his cheek and say, good cat and give him a treat. Maybe do that twice and then leave it. Try it again later today. Try it again later tonight. Try it again tomorrow. Now your cat knows how to come and sit. And it took one day, people. That's it. The sky's the limit. You can train your cat. Jump through a hoop. Even fetch one of its toys. Even bring its toy to you to play. All this is possible with cats. It really is. Okay, everyone. We're almost out of time. So I guess I should say goodbye. And just tell you it's been great being with you again on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. If you want to see my golden doodle puppy or my standard poodle puppies, that's a tongue twister, standard poodle puppies, please check out Camp Good Dog Facebook and you'll be able to see all the visiting dogs playing and swimming and romping at Camp Good Dog up here in Canada. And uh, please be weather conscious. Make sure your dogs have shade and water, your cats have water and a cool place to be, that the windows are closed if it's smoky, and that you're very mindful of the pavement and the heat and the sun when you're exercising. All right, everybody, thanks again, and be good to your animals from Deb Wolf and Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.